My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Britt here today. Happy Friday, everyone. I hope you're all having a great week. You guys, today is super, super exciting. I am bringing on an amazing guest. The guest I'm bringing on, Onik Singal. You guys, this is a serial entrepreneur, speaker, best-selling author, motivational speaker, devoted philanthropist, CEO, founder, um, a real estate investor as well. I mean, the list goes on. Onik has built over six successful companies. And my goodness, he has tw- over 20 years of experience and has done some amazing things like, you know, going from 330K to 10 million. He was recognized as one of the top three best entrepreneurs, 25 and under by Best Week magazine. So it's an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. And thank you so much for coming on. How's it going? It's going great. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Oh my goodness. Thanks for coming on. It is a pleasure. So, you know, I know I kept it quite brief at the beginning there. And like I said, the list goes on with what you have done and accomplished along the way. And I mean, I think it's best to start off if you can kind of take us back and tell us a bit of your story as to, you know, how did you get to where you are today and how did you accomplish the things that you have accomplished? I know that, you know, it's a roller coaster as an entrepreneur. So if you don't mind starting there, I think that might be a great place. Sure. Yeah. And you're right. It is a roller coaster. So my story goes way back to probably when I was in, you know, I think the first instance of where I would say my story starts is third grade. Um, but, you know, and you mentioned very kindly that I've built, you know, over six successful companies. Um, I always like to remind people that I've also built, I've actually probably built over 20 or 25 that didn't work out, that weren't successful. So, you know, we always talk about the great and the good. And I think what we have to remember is that there's so much that didn't work, but it is because of what didn't work that we're able to do what does work. And so I actually, in my life, cherish and value more the failures I've had, the struggles I've had. Because it is through those that I built the character, the knowledge, the experience that went on to give me the success I've had. So when I say it started in third grade, um, I always say with start with this. Look, I'm of Indian descent. And if anyone who lives in the Western world has ever been to a hospital or a doctor's office, you're going to notice something real quick. And that is it's full of Indians. Um, 30 plus percent of the medical field are doctors are Indians. Um, that's what we do. And so growing up, I looked around and I said, I want to be I want to be wealthy when I grow up. I want to be successful. So I looked around my community and I said, who gets the most respect and who drives the nicest cars and lives in the biggest houses? It was doctors. So er, ergo, Onyx and all wants to be a doctor. That was pretty much my you know reasoning to to choose that career. So since a very young age, I and then of course every time I would say that I'd get lots of high fives from family, lots of people that were super excited, and they you know they basically hoist me up on their shoulders, be like yay, and I was like oh this is awesome. But here I am in third grade, just displaying the first real signs of who I am versus who I want to be. And so third grade, lemonade stand. We all, like, I think every entrepreneur has their lemonade stand story. 
Mine was kind of funny because I had a lemonade stand. I had a area of the community that I had negotiated. It was mine. So I was doing, I mean, I was doing lobbying and all kinds of stuff at a very young age. And um, what I did is I actually hired second graders to run the lemonade stand while I was inside watching cartoons. And so that's a, cre if, if you think back now, you kind of laugh and you're like, yeah, but that's a, you know, I'm looking for that. My daughter is what, 11 months old right now. And I'm just waiting and looking to see what she starts to show at a young age. What are her skill sets? What is, you know, cause I think that's important. And I went on and in high school, there's been failed business attempts and, then I went to college to study to be a doctor. So I was in a pre-med program. By the way, I was in one of the top programs in the country. I was on a full scholarship. I was, my life was set. To be a doctor, I was done. I mean, everyone was super, super excited. I was going to probably go to an Ivy League med school. And the reason I got to that level, the reason I got a full scholarship, and nothing to do with smarts. I just work really hard. I've always said something to people, which is, I'm never, in my life, I don't think I've ever been the smartest person in a single room. However, I don't think I've ever been in a room where there's a single person that can outwork me. And so it is that grit, it is that determination, it is just through that sweat and equity that I'm able to get what I get. So through high school and all, I would get great grades and then I got accepted into this amazing program. And it was only a few weeks into the program. I'm a freshman in pre-med. I've got quite a ways to go before I become a doctor. I'm only days into it. And I remember I have a morning and I feel like so many of us who are listening have had something like this. And maybe someone I feel like is listening needs to hear this right now. My eyes open in the morning and I just knew. It was one of those like, oh crap, what have I done? Like I couldn't get out of bed. The thought of getting out of bed to go to another biology class or whatever, it was just torturing. I was like, this isn't me. I don't want to do this. And I had to come face to face with the reality of that. I don't want to be a doctor. And, that, and for me, imagine what that does to your life. It's that was who I was for everybody else. That was my biggest identity. I was in the number one program in the country. I, how can I just say, I want to throw all this away now for what business? There's no one in my family that's in business for what being an entrepreneur. There's absolutely zero assurance there. Zero, you know, um, comfort level and zero guidance. No one in my family is that. I battled it for quite some time until actually a very good friend of mine, she one day just started yelling at me as a friend. And she was like, that's it. I've had enough. I'm watching you struggle and deal with this. Go talk to your parents. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll TLDR this. Okay. I'll make it shorter. I, I did. My parents were amazing. They supported me. I switched universities. I lost a full scholarship. I get to this next university to study business. I was going to study finance. And within the first two weeks of that also, Britt, I decided this isn't for me either. I was miserable there too. Now I was worried. Now I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a loser in my parents' basement. Like what is going on? And so I had a huge realization. Um, I once answered my life coach. She asked me, what is your superpower? And she was like, you can't tell me marketing crap or business skills. I want to know your superpower, your, your mindset superpower, your mind superpower. And I remember thinking about this and I came up with an answer. I said, my superpower is um, awareness, self-awareness like self-reflection and awareness. And she was like, well, that's a first I've heard after teaching like or coaching hundreds of clients. What do you mean? I said, I'm, I'm really real with myself. Like I'm able to like really know what I'm feeling, why I'm feeling and dissect it. And I throw the ego out and I, and I get deep into what's going on and I can correct my path. So when this happened when I was in college and I'm like, now I don't want to study business either. I, I did a self-reflection. So what's going on? And I realized 
I was just really frustrated with the idea of like study, 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 get a job, be told what to do. It wasn't me. I'm not judging anyone who does that, by the way. It's not for everybody. Being an entrepreneur is not for everybody. It's not for 98% of the people in the world. But for me, I happened to be one of those 2%. It just wasn't for me. It wasn't making sense. So I wanted to do. I was tired of reading about random stuff that would never impact my life. I wanted to do. So I turned to what was back then. It was new. This is going to age me. It was Google. I turned to Google and I typed in how to make money because I just wanted to get going. I wanted to do something. Now, Google auto-filled and auto-suggested the word online. And I remember literally sitting at my computer, dorm room, going, eh, all right, why not? That was about my connection. That started my journey. From there, I clicked onto one thing to another to another. I found a forum. And on this forum, they talked about selling PDFs on ClickBank. So again, 20 years ago. I was like, wow, that makes sense. I understand the value of knowledge. has always been beaten into me by my dad. I mean, the name of my company is Learn. Like, you know, I, I love education. And I was like, I understand the value of information. Like, that makes sense. You sell information. Look, long, totally long story short, that started my journey. And it took me 18 months of major struggle. I was basically a day away from quitting until a really freaky thing happened that was cool and um, saved me. And I made 300 bucks overnight. And then I became real. So when I was still a third year in college, I started making six figures online. Um, and just so you know, back then, a I had great job offers. I had great job offers from Wall Street. Um, I was going to make 60, 70 grand, 80 grand a year working 60 hours a week for Wall Street. I graduated making over $300,000 a year. And within a short time of me graduating college, very short time, my business hit a million a year. Um, so I was just in a completely different ballgame at that point. And so that was like the that was like the place where you know you know you never look back. But lots of mistakes were made. I, I've been near bankruptcy a couple of times since then, and then I've bounced back bigger and stronger, and I've done lots of things. And you know, there's always something going on. And that's just the life of an entrepreneur. Even today, people will look at me and be like, oh my God, you've got it made. I'm like, I mean, yes and no. I mean, but like, as any, as any good rapper would say, more, more money, more problems. I mean, the problems are always there. Um, but the more success you have, the more things you experience, the more capable you are of handling those problems. So um, that's been, that's how I got started. It was really just a very organic start. I didn't know, certainly didn't ever think I would be here where I am right now. It wasn't part of my career path whatsoever, but I'm so glad it went the way it did because I'm really excited about where I am. Thank you so much for sharing all of that, Onik, honestly. I mean, we're so used to seeing, you know, the success at the end, you know, and there's so, and to be vulnerable and open and talk about that you know, roller coaster and the actual struggle in between, that's real. And that's what's going to relate to people. And like you said, it is not easy being an entrepreneur. Now you have mentioned, you know, you were a day before, a day away before quitting and you had made, I think you said $300 overnight and the rest is history. But do you mind me asking to go a little deeper in there? Because you know, I've heard this a few times, actually quite, quite often I hear this is, you know, right before something really big and powerful and life-changing happens for something, someone, mm -hmm. almost everything goes wrong. And it's just like, you're about to quit. 
I find like this might be relatable if we can just dive a little deeper into that as to what it was that switched for you right before you were about to quit. No, good, good catch. Good catch. And it tells me you're, you're a very good interviewer for catching that. Um, so I was on, I used to be on this forum. It was called a Blake. It was a chat board. Um, those don't really exist nowadays, but man, I miss it. I wish it was still around. It was a beautiful place. And there are still some marketers today that are around that were on there, like Dave Miz and um, Marlon Sanders. These are people I still talk to that remember me from the days I started. I was known, I was actually, I had a tag name on that forum. I was known by people lovingly, I think, as the most annoying kid because I was just on that chat board all day long asking question after question and posting and active. And I loved it, I was trying to learn and they saw that too. And they called me the most annoying kid because I was just constantly posting questions. And um, I tried so many different things. I'd blown whatever little money I had. My, my, I ended up putting debt on my dad's, um, you know, a few hundred bucks, something crazy on my dad's credit card. Just wasn't working. And, and you know, sometimes, uh, Britt, the problem, you know, it's funny. We, we think sharing other people's success stories regularly is a beautiful thing and that it inspires people. That is true only to a degree. A lot of times it actually really demotivates people And it can actually really make people depressed because you start to ask yourself, why the hell are they having all the success and I'm not? And so I was on this chat board seeing everyone like, oh, I made this, I made that. And it got to a point where I was like, I'm trying, I'm working real hard. I'm skipping all the parties. I'm not doing the frat stuff. I'm not drinking. I'm not having fun in college. I mean, I'm focused and I'm doing everything I can. And it's not working for me. I'm making a little bit of AdSense money here or there, but nothing to really be a business. So I got fed up one night and I don't know what made me go do this, but man, am I glad I did it. And this was, there's a lesson in this for everyone listening too. I just went to that chat board and I made a post. I said, everyone, thank you so much for your support and for your help. Um, I have done everything I can. At this point, I have some great job offers on the table and the clock is ticking for me to accept Wall Street's job offers or not. I think this just this isn't for me. Um, so if I don't make any money in the next 24 hours or so, I am going to quit. You guys won't see me here anymore. Wish you all the best. I hope you guys crush it for the rest of your life. And maybe we'll see you some other time. It's kind of a farewell post. What's really interesting in that, Brett, though, is why did I give myself another 24 hours to make some money when for 18 months I hadn't been able to do it? What the heck was going to happen in 24 hours? Why did I leave that little door open? Why was that cleat left open in the door? I don't know. Um, so, and mentally I was, that was a goodbye post. Mentally, I expected nothing to actually happen. I was just leaving and just wanted to make a post acknowledging everyone who had helped me. And um, I get a private message on the chat board. Again, we didn't have Facebook and Skype and all these WhatsApps and all. We just, it was like literally a private message on the chat board um, by a person who I'd never seen, never heard of on that forum and who had zero posts. Because back then on chat boards, it would track how many posts you've made. Mine said like 4,562. This person said zero. Means they've mm-hmm. never answered a single question or posted a single question. But it did say account created since. It was quite some time. It was a few years. And this per- I, I don't remember, and I wish I took screenshots of it. I don't remember exactly what they said. But they said, hey, kid, something to this effect. Hey, kid, been watching you for the last couple of years. I'm really impressed with your hustle. You work hard, you try hard, but I feel like you're missing a few simple pieces. I don't want to see you quit. So here's what I'll offer you. For the next 24 hours, I'm going to sit here on this chat board, private message, and I will help you personally. We'll get you something up and running. You'll make money. And I only have two rules to the condition, two, two rules to this. Rule number one, 
You can't ask me who I am. I'm not going to tell you who I am. Rule number two is you promise to offer this kind of help to other people in the future, pay forward. And I, I, I sat back and I looked at this message and I was like, this is someone trolling me. I didn't even know the term trolling back then. I said, this is, this is a friend or someone on this chat board is going to get a rise out of me. You know, they're, they're going to make fun. They're, they're going to waste my time, whatever. And then the ha ha you loser. So I actually typed out the message. I said, thank you for sending this message, but no, thank you. I'm good. And I'm, so this is, I want everyone to understand just how close you can be at times in your life to your destiny changing. I was my mouse and my finger. There's how much distance, two inches. I was two inches away from not being where I am today. Because if I had just clicked, it was going to hit send. I was halfway. Maybe I was one inch away because my, my finger probably went. All right. This is very dramatic. Imagine a slow motion. like, yeah, like And I just yeah. stopped. And I stopped. And I said, wait, hold on one second. Push my finger from the, from the trigger. And I said, what do I have to lose? I'm saying no. But what if this is real? So what's the worst that can happen? I say, yes, this person turns out to be a troll. They waste my one day and then they make fun of me in a place I just won't be going back to anyways. How does this impact my life? What's the best thing that could happen? They could be real and they could help show me something I've been missing and my entire life could change. I was like, wait a minute, holy crap. If I'm at Vegas, I got to make this bet. This is stupid. So I deleted everything. I said, tell me what to do. And he was with me messaging that night until about two or three in the morning. I remember because the next day I had an exam. I had to go to bed. Finally fell asleep two or three in the morning. I woke up around seven, eight, it's been six hours. I remember getting up and stumbling so fast to the laptop that I almost fell and hit my head on the, I remember actually falling, almost hitting my head on the, on the desk, log into ClickBank. I don't remember the exact amount, but I, it, it, it was like $310 or something like that. I had made while I was sleeping. And I till this day, if you could see me right now, I have goosebumps. Every single time I tell this story, I have the same feeling come through my body that I had that moment when I saw it and I realized, holy crap, this is real, right? And I messaged that person back and said, oh my God, thank you so much. I can't believe this worked. Like, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to do more of this, but please, you got to tell me who you are. Like, I want to say proper thank you. Mm -hmm. Never heard back. Till this wow. day, no clue who the person was. Um, I've told the story now for 20 years, hoping and praying that someone would just show up and be like, you know, and, and not faking it, but being real and being like, that was me. Um, but that person changed my life. And it was just because for anyone listening right now, if you're at that point, you are one, you might be one or two inches away from the solution. And like, you're just there, you're just there. What are you not seeing? What risks are you not taking? Things that we consider risks sometimes aren't risks. Me saying yes to that person initially in my mind was a risk, a risk of being made fun of, a risk of this, a risk of that, but there was no risk. If you actually evaluate it, it's like being in a casino, right? But if I come up to you and I'm like, hey, take out a hundred bucks. You're like, all right. And I'm like, bet on red. You're like, well, I could lose it. I'm like, no, you won't. I'll tell you what, Brett, you can't lose money. I got you. If you lose money, I'll make you whole. If you win, it's yours. So I guarantee you something. You can't lose money. You can only make money. How many times are you going to make that bet in Vegas? You won't sleep. You won't eat. You won't leave. You'll just keep making the bet again and again. 
And a lot of times in our lives, that's actually what we have in front of us. But it's our ego and it's our like, what, well, how will I react to like the sense of failure? Get over that. And all of a sudden you, you'd make decisions differently. And so I was two inches away from completely change, completely having lost out on this beautiful, amazing life I live. Um, I'm glad I didn't. And so I remind myself of that every time, even today, when I'm like frustrated with something or I want to quit, I want to give up. And I'm, I'll just ask myself, am I possibly two inches away from the breakthrough? And I'm just not seeing it. And so far, the answer has almost always been, yeah, it's right there. Just make a few tweaks and there you go. So, um, so yeah, that, that I always call that the first angelic. I've had a couple of angelic moments in my life, and I feel like that. I just convinced myself at this point that was just it was just a, it was just just an angel. It was just someone came and came to save it, and maybe it wasn't even human. I have no idea, you know. But I, I till this day, don't know who the person was. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, that was your one sign that you needed for a lifetime of greatness. Really, right? I mean. Yep. Oh, pay attention to those signs, everybody, you know, and just, well, it's also, I, it's also someone believed in me and reached out to help yeah, me. They changed my life. I right. mean, someone decided all that person had to do was give me, I mean, they didn't even give me a whole day. They ended up giving me about seven, eight hours of their time. Can you imagine? So in the middle of the night, in the middle of the night, but their one little sacrifice, it was not much of a sacrifice changed my life forever. And through me, I don't know how many lives have been touched because that one person sacrificed a few hours of sleep. So if you're listening, my question to you is how many people can you help? How many people's lives could you change by maybe just looking at them in their eyes and saying, I believe in you. Let me help you. Let's go. Maybe you don't even know how to help them the way this person knew how to help me very tactfully, but maybe you know how to help them by just supporting them, by just giving them a hug, by just saying, I got your back. But there's like, there's so much you can do as a person. Cause for me, it took that little move I believe has created a ripple that will actually change the world because my goal is to now go out and do the same thing for a million entrepreneurs. And if I can do that kind of impact for a million entrepreneurs, those million entrepreneurs go on to be a few hundred million people, albeit those few hundred million people might not know about me and that doesn't matter. But the day I die, I know that the world is fundamentally different and better because I existed, which is by far, by the way, one of my biggest goals. People say, what's your biggest goal? And I was like, I need to be on my deathbed whenever the hell that happens. I just need to know that the world fundamentally is different in a better way because I existed. And so that person created a ripple, I believe that will become a tsunami. And it was all because they were willing to make a sacrifice of a few hours. And I feel that there's daily opportunities we have where we can do that for somebody and we don't do it because we don't realize the impact, the smallest gesture can have on someone. hundred percent. I'm glad you mentioned like now that is your goal to, you know, continue to do that for others and help on a million entrepreneurs um, throughout your lifetime, changing lives. Like you went from, you know, being very blessed to have a scholarship for, you know, to get into the number one program in the country to become a doctor. And I mean, it just, you weren't passionate about it. Is that how you felt? And from there, Onik, what were the, I guess my question is that could be really relatable to other people listening is, you know, right before you made that shift into entrepreneurship, what was that I guess, did you feel pressured by society and family of what you should be doing, but you weren't passionate about it? And 
how, how did you handle that best before we jump into what you're doing today? Sure. I just wanted to touch on I, that again, quick. I don't think I felt pressured um, because nobody pressured me. My, my, no, okay. no one, no one would, yeah, I pressured myself, but I definitely don't think I felt an external pressure. I was so driven that I was focused on just what is it that it takes. So for example, okay. I need a hundred dollars. You can obsess about needing $100 and you'll do anything it takes. Well, there's a lot of things you shouldn't do, right? Like just speaking very like openly, forget about business and stuff. Just like right now, a normal person on the street says, I really need a hundred bucks. Right. You're like, all right, well, here's some drugs. Go sell this to the person down the street. I'll give you a hundred bucks. Well, they'll get a hundred dollars, but they shouldn't do that. <laughs> it's probably not right. the best for their like long-term future of many things, right? Or they could go to the other side and there's a project or a home being built. And the person says, Hey, if you work here for a few hours, you know, I'll give you a hundred bucks. And that's like, all right, it's a good, clean way of making a living. Like I'll do this. I'll make a hundred bucks. There's a lot of ways to make a hundred bucks. When I was a kid, when I was younger, I was focused on being wealthy. I was focused on being rich. I was focused on having the nice cars, the big house, because my, my capacity, my mind didn't, I mean, I wasn't mature enough to try to understand the concept of like, what do I really want to do? And what's my impact? And how do I help the world? It was like, I want to make money. Right. And all I knew is what I knew. I looked around my community and I just said, okay, there seems to be a commonality. All the people I know who have money are doctors. Ergo, I'll be a doctor. Right. As I got older, you start to realize, or as I got into school, I'm like, God, this isn't fun. And so one of the questions I asked myself, which so many listeners need to be asking themselves right now, because so many people fall for this right now, that you are sitting in this zone where you just don't like your life. Let's just accept it. If you're listening right now, you, you're on your own, you're in a car, you're jogging or whatever. I'm just going to speak some truth into you right now. You don't like your life. It sucks to admit it, but I'm telling you, you got to accept that crap first. What's one of the first things, steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, right? You've got to first accept that you're an alcoholic. Now, right. if you don't like your life right now, that doesn't mean you don't love your wife, your husband, your children. No, it doesn't mean that you don't. It just means you don't like your life. You are not getting up having fun. So I get up every morning and I'm very self-aware of one thing every day for the last 15 years, I think. I notice how quickly I get out of bed. That is the quickest measure to tell whether you are happy with your life or not. Because for me, at my current stage, I'm out of bed, man. I jump out because I'm excited. I got an interview today with Brittany. I got this. I got this. I got that. I'm filming this video. That video is probably going to be seen by a million people. And then I'm going out to dinner with one of my best friends. Like, damn, I'm ready. Let's go. This day is going to be fun. Versus how many people listening right now get up? Got to go listen to this boss complain about bullshit and blah, blah, blah. And I got to go do this. I got to do that. Change your life. So I was fortunate. I was in college. I woke up one morning and I'm like, why am I feeling like this? What is this feeling? This feeling of complete misery, this feeling of unsatisfaction. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Morning flags. Is this how I'm going to be every day for the rest of my life? I started feeling, I started feeling suffocated. I was like, I don't want to wake up like this every day. I was like, all right, cool. Well, hey, um, we have choice. I don't want to go all godly on people, but God gave us free will. We could choose. It's the number one thing we have. You know, animals don't even in many ways have this. We have choice. You right now listening, you have choice. If you live a certain life a certain way and don't like it, guess what? Choose different. 
right? So I, at that point, I was like, I can make a choice right now. It won't be easy. It doesn't have to be easy. Sometimes it's really hard. So for me to make that transition, what I was thinking was just, how do I wake up every morning happy? Well, it certainly isn't by becoming a doctor. So at least I know what I shouldn't do. So why do I continue down this track? Let's make some changes. Now I say this and I make myself sound all heroic and I want everyone to know it took me two years to actually do it. It's hard. Uh, that was, I went through my first two years in the pre-med program. It was only halfway through my second year that I had the moment where I'm sitting and I'm at, um, at the library studying with one of my friends. Um, and she reaches across and slams my books shut. She was like, she was like pissed. Like she took it personal. I didn't even know what she was upset about. Apparently I was sulking. I wasn't happy. I was sitting at the library. Like, and she was like, I've had it enough. She like starts throwing my books in her, in my bag. And she's like, get out of here right now. Like your home is 40 minutes away. Go talk to your parents, put an end to this nonsense. No one deserves to live like this. I was like, whoa, <laughs> you know, she's like the sweetest person on the planet, by the way. So when she started shouting, I was like, what the hell is going on? So um, I did. You knew I she was home. serious then. Yeah. I mean, I, and, and I think I was ready. So like, that was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. So like two hours later, I got in the car and I drove home and I called my parents and said, I need to come talk to you. And I was scared, so scared. And yet my parents mm -hmm. turned out to be amazing. They, they were super supportive. So, so what that. drove my, what drove that transition was very simple. Like we complicate life. It's not, not too complicated. Are you happy? Are you waking up in the morning excited? Do you like your life? If you don't, here's, here's the very freeing thing I want to tell you. You can choose different. It won't be easy, but you can do it. You just have to commit to it. Thank you. That was what I was looking for. Uh, amazing. Thank you for sharing that with us. Anik, yep. you know, with today and what you're doing, what you're passionate about, I mean, you're out there helping other entrepreneurs. Um, I really wanted to make time to talk about, you know, how you went from that 30, 33K to 10 million K and talk about the scaling and maybe what you've learned along the way as to the do's and the don'ts. Um, yeah. If you don't mind sharing some of your expertise behind that, I think that would be incredible. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, I think we could do an entire five day seminar together right. on that topic and I probably won't have covered everything. So I'll try to give a, a real short summary some of the key things that that were involved in me scaling and I've done it multiple times now so I'd like to say I've got it formalized you know obviously I'll have to do it a few more times before I really get it down but a few things one um, I'll tell you a common mistake I, I made many times and I see a lot of my mastermind members making every day and I'm trying to stop them from doing it when we as information marketers as business owners think scale we think more products more products more funnels equal scale let me tell you something if you want to scale, the easiest way to scale, the best way to scale is to actually take 80% of what you're doing and delete it, not add to it. Don't add more products, delete products. Find that funnel, the one product, the one line of products that is killing it for you and triple, quadruple, and 5X down on them. I'll tell you a story I remember once from a, uh, a student of mine who's in the fitness space, fine, uh, health, comes to me and says, I need to launch a new product. His current product was killing it. I'm like, why? He's like, oh, I've tapped the market. Like, tap, tap the fitness market? Really? I was like, what's your, how many leads have you gotten? 60,000. And, and I'm just sitting there staring at him. I'm like, you're going to get it like any minute now. Any minute now, you're going to get it. He's like, I got 60,000 people already to like opt in. And I'm like, how big do you think the fitness space is? And I was like, well, let's go to Facebook, run some numbers. 
I'm like, I hate to tell you, my friend, but you're not even infant level yet. You're like one or two weeks in the womb. Like mm-hmm. your ability to scale this thing is you, you know what it is? You're bored of the message. You keep hearing the message. And so you think you've tapped out in your head, you've tapped out, but the market, you barely started. Anyways, that person went on to do really well and do good stuff. And they stood focused on that one thing. What I say, second thing. So don't expand your products, less things. Second thing, it's kind of connected to the first thing. I call it vertical expansion, not horizontal. So, so now whenever I say don't launch more products, people take it the wrong way and they don't launch any more products. Now I say vertical expansion. So expand within the same vertical, offer more products and services to that customer who's buying that front end product, go deeper because that way your LTV, your lifetime value on your customer will go to such a level. It will get so freaking high that you can dominate your market and pay as much money as possible for user acquisition and no one can touch you. That's where you start to scale. Number three, leads right into what I said for number two. You cannot, and I'm sorry to say this because it is going to trigger some people, and it is what it is. You cannot scale to $10 million with organic traffic. Your fingers will fall off while you sit there and post on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn. And Now, have some people done it? Sure. Do you want to play the lottery? That's your call. But paid traffic is the fastest way to scale. So if you're afraid of it, You just need to learn more about it. It's not that scary. Now, if you're afraid of paid traffic, you have either two problems. One, your funnel sucks. Two, you're just scared because you don't know enough about it. Both of those problems, solvable. Make your funnel not suck and go out and get some knowledge and hire the right person to help you run paid traffic. You can't scale without paid traffic. It's a superpower. All right, number four, um, operations. I have a saying that I run around saying to all my members in my mastermind, marketing sells, operations scales. You, if you get to 10 million and your operation sucks, you don't have good project managers, you don't have great customer support, you're, you're going to collapse faster than you can buy. You built a house of cards and you're going to take your reputation and your brand with you. So uh, invest in operations. Marketers hate doing it because there's no ROI. I don't want to have a support team of 32 people. They're very expensive. Well, happy customers buy. There's actually a huge mm-hmm. ROI. Happy customers refer, which means you get free customers. Happy customers say nice things about you. Happy customers give you testimonials you use in your promotions. There are an infinite number of reasons to have happy customers. Happy customers don't come from marketing. They come from operations. Um, The next thing I would say is you can't do it alone. So you have to build an amazing team. Now, here's where a lot of marketers make mistakes. What do we do when we want to hire someone? We go to Facebook, we post, looking for a social media manager. And then they get a comment below, oh, my sister's daughter's niece just graduated college. She's such a wonderful girl. She's so talented and so sweet. She's a smart person. Uh, You should hire her. And you're like, okay. Has she done social media management? Does she know what social media is? Does she know how to write? Does she know how to, like, no, I'm done with that. I used to do that kind of hiring. I hire for experience now. I'm sorry if you have potential. I believe in you. And please go take that potential to another company and exchange it for experience and come back. I just don't have the time. I'm ready to scale. I want, if I want someone to manage my social media, which has a million followers, I'm going to find someone who's managed social media for someone who had 5 million followers. Right. And then bring them in. So I want to take what I want, what I'm looking to do at my size and find someone who has done that thing for someone who's at least three, four, five, 10 X bigger than me, because when they come in, 
they're going to bring that level of experience with them. And they're going to help pull me up to that level. So I'm not going to push them. They're going to pull me. That's a great team. I want to be in my team. When we sit around a room in my team, I never want to be better at anything that my leadership team does. So my ops team, they're ninjas. I, I, I'm not a better ops person than them. My head of biz dev will run circles around me all day long when it comes to biz dev. My CFO, I don't even know how he does what he does. I, I, I can't touch it. And, and a great leader and someone who's going to scale a company, they, they are not the lead guitarist. They're the, bank, they're the band manager. They're the ones that are booking the gigs, finding the talent, making the rhythms work, and getting the, you know, getting the record deals. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they treat their band as they're the lead guitarist. They're the best of something. And I, I stopped doing that a couple of years ago, and my companies took off. So the fifth thing I would say that has been really powerful in me scaling my business isn't just building a team. That's cliche advice. You hear it a lot. It's how you build that team and it's who you let into the team. Now, I'll tell you one other thing. As people listen to this and get inspired, here's the kick in the butt that you're not going to like. Great people require great pay. One of the first things I do now when someone comes to me and says, I'm looking for a social media manager. My budget is $60,000. And I'll look them dead in the face and say, I don't give a shit about your budget. Your budget is useless to me. Because let me ask you this. I can get you a $60,000 social media manager. or I can get you a $90,000 social media manager who's been in your industry for five years, who's managed your competitors' social media, who profitably built that social media to triple the competitor's business, who happens to be unhappy there due to the culture, but -hmm. knows everything about your industry, knows all the players, knows what works, and has been doing it. But she needs 90K, not 60. What are you going to do? You know what's going to happen when she comes in? What is it? The extra 30 grand a month is an extra $2,500 a month out of your pocket. She's going to make you 10 grand extra that first month she comes That's in. That's exactly she's going it. To save you. She's going to save you the headache of training, of learning. She's going to bring a whole set of knowledge. She's going to bring contacts, your future hires. She's going to bring people she knows that are ninjas at the other things that you need in your company. So yeah, of course, I'm not just going to willy-nilly spend like crazy and I have an estimate of what budget I want. But I remain flexible because very, very good people, which is what my team is built of, require very, very good pay. And you've got to be open to that. I love it. Thank you so much for for giving those five points, that those secret sauce in order to scale. And I mean, you have scaled incredibly. So no better person to hear it from than yeah. yourself. I'm so happy that you were able to share that with us, you know, and, you know, I guess I have one last question before we jump off here. You know, if anyone's looking to connect with you, I know that you have a, a summit slash mastermind coming up. Now, yeah. I don't know if that's available to anyone still up to, um, up to today's date, but yeah. if anyone's looking to connect, wants to work with you, what would be the best way to go ahead and connect with you Anuk? Sure. Yeah. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to talk about that. So we run an event here at the, uh, at our facility, um, about 120 people. If you are doing $500,000 a year or more in the information marketing space, go to expertsummit.com, expertsummit.com, put your application in for whatever the next event is. We'll be in touch with you. Can't wait to talk to you. Now, if you want kind of all the different links to all my different places, to my podcast, to my YouTube, to my Twitter, just go to onyxshow.com. 
A-N-I-K-S-H-O-W. And it's just a page full of all the links to my latest podcast episode, to my Twitter, to my TikTok, to my YouTube. And you can kind of, you know, figure out. And, and it also, you can get on my list. And so it's all at onyxshow.com. Incredible. Well, thank you so much again, Onyx. This has been absolutely amazing. I'm very thankful that you were able to take the time out of your day to come on because I know how crazy busy you are. You've got a lot going on. So truly appreciate that. And I can't wait to see what you're up to next. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor. Thanks so much. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please go follow Onyx Singal. He is incredible and, you know, reach out to him, you guys, this guy knows what he's talking about and can help you in so many ways. Um, group, if you're looking to come on our show, just like Onik did today, please go to top100interview.com. I'd love to have you on as well. Thanks everybody. Catch you on the next episode. Thanks Onik. Thank you. Bye. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.